Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. It's Throwback Thursday, and it's a fun one today. We're presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Fellas, it is good to see you. Lawrence is producing the show today. He is in the I'm room so with us. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> he wants to be part of the show, and who can blame him? Today we are going to recap the 2010 Blackhawks Stanley Cup Championship. Wow. Last week we did the regular season. This week it is the playoffs, and a lot of good things happen for the Blackhawks in the playoffs. You can see over my shoulder my uh, old-ass felt banner that has none of the updated Stanley Cups on it, <laughs> um, but I'm not dropping another 75 bucks for a new one. So Yeah, those things are not cheap. <laughs> I've got one of those right here on my wall. It's actually signed by Dennis Savard. So, hey, yeah. nice. There you go. Now, cool. I went into the back of the closet, and I pulled out my uh, – OG 32 Christopher Stieg jersey that has the 2010 final patch on it. I go. wore this jersey for pretty much every single playoff game that summer. Uh, this It has some war wounds on it, but it's got character. <laughs> uh, speaking I, of I, war wounds, if you see the hat I'm wearing, this is a hat I bought for that cup run. And I still wear it to this day when I'm playing baseball or whatever. I'm outside. Sweat rings. It is faded. Oh, yeah. It is stained. It is not exactly straight at the bill anymore. <laughs> but I figured I had to pull this bad boy out for this show in particular. My, uh, I, I got the 2013 cup hat, and it is it is my uh, my yard work hat. So it is. It's got it's it smells like grass, and it is uh, sweaty and stained. It's it's pretty gross. I'm I'm surprised it's still alive. Well, no I just like to see that. that. I like to see that Jay has four feathers. On his hat. Yep. You've given yourself. You've you're a full himself. He's given himself an A. Should I evaluate himself? (laughs) Shave like two of these off. Just remove them. Um, Then no one. You're no Kirby Doc. No, certainly not. Um, Hey, by the way, good, good, good tease there, Lawrence. If you missed it, we we published our uh, player evaluations piece on allchgo.com. It's kind of the companion to our episode yesterday where we evaluated Kirby Doc and Eric Gustafson. All right, but before we get into reliving the 2010 Stanley Cup playoffs, we have to get to some of the news of the day. Uh, Frank Saravalli of the fourth period, uh, I'm sorry, of the Daily Faceoff, my bad, and he is the president of the PHWA, the Professional Hockey Writers Association, has some coaching updates on the Blackhawks. The Hawks have sought permission to interview uh, Canadians assistant Luke Richardson and Canucks assistant Brad Shaw. He also notes that Derek King is still a strong candidate, so Luke Richardson and Bradshaw added to the list of what we already have of Derek King, Todd Reardon, 
and a somewhat less official Barry Trotz. I think that was more of a feeler situation as I'm learning yeah. more about it as we go here. Um, but the names are piling up and any of these names jump off the page for either of you fellas. I mean, my first question is like, why are they not also inter- interviewing Farouk? Like just Bradshaw? <laughs> they want the close line that. from hell. <laughs> I got that. Yeah, that, that took a second, but I got it. Nice, nice one. Nice one. Fuck off. <laughs> um, finishing move is a clothesline, by the way. Damn. That's someone who's, right, there we go. Someone who's pretty strong. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm glad I I derailed everything right <laughs> off the bat. Um, you know, it's 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 fine. Um, it doesn't make me all that excited. Um, you know, Luke Richardson, okay, cool. Um, you know, it's not uh it's not something that I'm gonna, you know, pound the table and say one of these guys has to be the coach. Um I think what's interesting is, you know, we're we're you know, Reardon, Richardson, Shaw. I think we're seeing a lot of uh coaches that the Blackhawks are going to be going after that may not be the marquee names. And that could be by design because they want someone to maybe someone fresh. Um, I, part of me would really appreciate if they don't just go the old, you know, carousel route and just hire another retread. I'd be very appreciative if they don't do that. Um, but also they might understand that they're not going to entice the big names because, they're looking into not winning right away. So it might be a coach that has been an assistant for a while or has been an assistant for a, a successful team. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's fine. Um, I'm not losing my mind over it. No. And, and I'm looking here, you know, at the list we have, uh, you know, uh, Brad Shaw, he replaced Mike Babcock in Cincinnati. He coached under Mike kitchen, uh, Murray Payne, Hitchcock, Richards, Tortorella, uh, Green, Boudreaux, Ugh. Reardon is coached under Bilesma and Mike Sullivan uh, and Barry Trotz, of course, yeah. and uh, Luke Richardson under Doug Wade and Claude Julian. And like, so a lot of these guys have coached under some of the bigger names in coaching, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. But I have to say, I'm a little surprised that Kyle Davidson is not going after um like less experienced guys. These are guys who have been around. They've been in and out of organizations. They've been fired and hired and assistants and head coaches. They're not really like Tortorella retreads or things like that. They're just like guys who have always kind of been there, but haven't really taken that next step in coaching. And I don't know that to me, that's a little surprising. And I don't really know why we don't really have much to base our knowledge of Kyle, of Kyle Davidson on, but I just expected him to be a little more, I hate to say the word creative because it sounds like a criticism. It's not. It's just an observation. He's going for guys who have done this for a long time. And maybe that's going to part of the presence thing that he was so uh, that he emphasized so heavily. I think that yeah, that's probably it, the direction. Yeah. And if you don't want to go, you know, you got to got to just can't take a guy off the street and say, hey, you've never coached. Come here. You're a new guy. Um, Richards. But with Reardon and Richardson, it appears that he's looking for a guy that wants to play defense. <laughs> like Reardon, yeah. it was in charge of the defense in Pittsburgh, did a really good job. Luke Richardson is a former defenseman, uh, was a defensive guy in Montreal, technically has some Stanley cup playoff experience as a head coach. Remember he filled in uh, during their little COVID run to the cup last year. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely looking like he's looking for a defensive minded coach, which 
if you've watched this team at all in the last six <laughs> years, thank you. They need like, help. Yes, you can't. We we don't ha- a we don't have the guns to outscore people seven to six. And if you ask the Toronto Maple Leafs, that doesn't really work when you need it to anyway. So let's or get the some Oilers. defense. Yeah, or the Oilers. Well, the Oilers could if they had a goalie. The Oilers. Right. True. That would be helpful. <laughs> yes. It is usually good to have a goalie. Um. So it's interesting. You know, I, like you said, there, there's no one here that's really going to get you excited or angry either way. Like, and I never expected any of those guys either. Yeah. Right. I'm glad we're not seeing um, Tortorella on this list, Ugh, right? Yeah. Or Rick, or Rick Tockett. Keep Rick Tockett yes. the hell away from the Chicago Blackhawks. Stop saying Tortorella's name. He should be another <laughs> who shouldn't be named guy. But, yeah. but you know, if Torts any of the- is a good dude, I just don't want him coaching my hockey team. He's he's a huge dog he? rescue guy. Yes, he's he's like rescued like thousands of dogs. Well, him and does he then beat them? I feel like he's the type of guy that would beat a dog. You know, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just just, just a young hockey speak player. For the CHGO Blackhawks podcast, yeah. we are not <laughs> claiming that John Tortorella beats dogs. I know, but. But isn't Torts pretty much a not great guy? He's a, he, he is a, he's, he's a, a hard ass coach, coach, but he's coach. a good dude. He's, he's an old he's dude. an old school hard ass coach, which I don't think would re- would connect well with a young team. Yeah, and he hates fun. Doesn't he hate the Zegras like the lacrosse yeah, style that's goal his, and all that's that? His, he would that's he would gimmick. have a he would have a talking to with uh, with Trevor Zegras if he tried to pull that. So awesome. exact uh, point my exhibit A through Z of like get right. him away. Why from we the don't team want him to be young. Yeah. No, okay. but off the ice, he, he does a lot of dog rescues and he does a lot of work for veterans charity. So he has I a heart. It's just, okay. it's small and cold, but he does have one. Tony, Tony <laughs> LaRusso does all that stuff for the, Oh show. God damn it. Jay. So, Did you have to bring him up? I'm just, Hey, yeah. I'm just pointing out. It, it's, it's a fact. It's yeah. Funny. But Tortorella does it sober. Fun. That's the difference. We got me care. Once again, Greg Boyson does not speak for the <laughs> all city or CHGO Blackhawks podcast, even though he does hey. actually officially do both those things. I'll step out for a minute. <laughs> Police reports speak for themselves. You're right. You're not saying anything that hasn't been uh, seen yeah. on camera. Or as yes, there are court, there are one, court two, three niner. There are, there, there are court records that back my statement. Yeah. Uh, the other bit of news kind of buried in a piece today on the athletic uh, where um, Scott Powers and Shana Goldman, two of the best hockey writers in town, two of my favorites, uh, kind of were breaking down how the Hawks should really just go full bore, trade everybody and, and start from the bottom because a little bit ago, the Athletic ran a piece on what are the things you need to be a Stanley Cup contender, and the only one the Hawks have is Alex Debrinkit. So here's a quote from a source in their story. I doubt Debrinkit is with the team through next season. He's either traded this summer or at the next deadline. That's the end of the quote. The source also expected Kane and Taves to be gone before the end of 2022-23. The source thought the Blackhawks would be willing to eat half of both the players' salaries to maximize the deals. Uh, nothing we haven't really heard before. I and am getting more and more. Coming su- from a, that's coming from a league source, um, not like a team source, just to kind of clarify, I guess. Yes, that's true. Uh, and But league sources, no, because they're sniffing around and they're trying to look to see if these players are available. But yes, that is a clear point. I spoke to a team source today about the Debrinket thing, and they sort of said, well, I haven't really heard that about Debrinket, but it would take a package that would absolutely blow their doors off to move Alex Debrinket. So it's not off the table, but I think the fact, I don't think they're actively, actively shopping Alex Debrinket at this point. If some team's going to come in and say, hey, we're going to give you five first round picks and Connor McDavid, well, yeah, we're going <laughs> to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not that yeah. big, obviously, there's, but you know what I'm saying. And that goes yeah, along with what Friedman diff- said. Right. Yeah. 
there's a major difference between willing to listen to offers and actively shopping a player. So right. uh, I think there's there Kyle Davidson should be willing to listen to offers for every single person in that organization from Alex to to the beer vendor in section 302. Like nobody should be safe. So, and and know. that, that does include Taze and Kane. Absolutely. Um, obviously they'd have to waive their no moves. We understand right. that, but, if a team is going to come forward with something that is enticing to the Blackhawks enough for them to go to those players and say, this is a deal we have in place. Would you, what, what are your thoughts? What, what do you want to do? Do you want to be here? Do you want to go there? Nobody in this organization should be claimed untouchable right now. There should be a couple that are like, eh, I really don't want to trade him, but I will if you make it worth my while. But there are right. no untouchable players in this organization right now. And they probably won't have an untouchable player for another year or two. Um, there are no position to say no to, to adding major assets to this organization. So mm -hmm. trading just to trade. Not a great idea, but trading to accelerate this rebuild and get you as many uh, bites at the rebuilding apple as you possibly can, then that's good business. All right. Before we get to our happy memories from 12 years ago today and, and you know, slightly before then, obviously, uh, I want to remind everybody that the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. Do that right now, and you're going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not all. Make a $50 or more first-time deposit, and you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That gets you all of our great web content and even a free T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. It's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing their new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build your perfect Live NBA Same Game Parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, you can also boost your Live Same Game Parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now, online sign-up is available in Illinois. So you can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. See, I got a phone here. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And a great way to support not only CHGO, the CHGO Blackhawks podcast, and yourself is to uh, get yourself some AG1 from Athletic Greens. It's a formula designed to improve your gut health, optimize your immune system, and give you more natural energy. In just one scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. If you have different dietary restrictions, uh, AG1 is good to go with those as well, whether it's gluten-free or dairy-free, or vegan, whatever it needs to, whatever it is, uh, AG1 can fit into those restrictions. And it's uh, easy to incorporate into your life, no matter how busy you might be. It's a once-a-day habit with big benefits. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of water, one scoop of AG1 in a cup of water every day. That's all it needs to be. Uh, no need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, 
Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks. That is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So real quick before we move on, uh, I was clicking through my Twitter while you were doing your read there, Mario, and Frank, Sar- Frank Saravelli is live on the Daily Faceoff right now. And on the screen, top trade targets of the offseason, number one, Alex Debrinkit. <laughs> Hey, so, bring it on. Yeah, it's, uh, bring you know, it on. but just to bring, clarify, back, yeah, go ahead. Look, back, up the and, arm, back up the armored truck right to United Center. Make it yeah. yeah, I mean, look, Sarah Volley was the one pumping Hagel's tires, and we we all said, I don't think that that's going to happen. Well, Here we are again. The angle on the athletic story is the Hawks will not be bad enough to tank as currently constructed and need to get worse. You say that. And you watched the last six weeks of the season we with no that, goaltender? We thought that last summer, too. Yeah, they're they're pretty bad. Bad, and Koopa Scoop says I'm all in favor of tanking next season. I think the fans Koopa are Scoop. ready. The fans are ready for yeah. it. They know it's time. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna be bad, be super bad and get good again it's been, quickly. It's I, been an, a, a, enough uh, time has passed where they've been bad, and now it's like, hey, you know what? It's sunk in. They're not going to be good. I just want to be on the, the record suck. though that they can still do this with Alex to bring it here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hundred percent. So unless it is a oh my god, you're crazy. Yes, deal. Um, they were bad enough to get the seventh pick overall with Alex DeBrinket having a career year, right? And, so and, yeah, yeah. So, and, Pat- and Patrick Kane put it up Kane. ninety points, right? So don't tell me that this current roster is not good, bad enough to get the number one over pick. Sure they are. You can mm-hmm. you can easily make this roster even worse. Yep. And not <laughs> even trying. And not every team that bottoms out and is in is in the lottery is devoid of superstars. Like we've seen we've seen teams that have top talent, all-star level players get the first, second, third pick. So it's 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 right. not a it's not a recipe that you have to be completely But if trading Alex to bring it from out if trading Alex to bring it for a massive haul this summer gets you Connor Bedard next summer, okay. Sure, I'm fine. <laughs> okay, with it. I yeah. love Alex I- to bring it, but I think Connor Bedard is going to be a little bit better than Alex to bring it when it's all said and done. And it would be a, a shot at Connor Bedard plus more. So. Yeah, plus whatever you get for Alex to bring it. That's a really good way to make your team good in a hurry. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. All right, let's have some fun. Let's think about. Yeah, let's talk about a team that actually was good. Yeah, let's talk about a team that had no no inclination of tanking whatsoever. Yeah, and that would Uh, be our beloved 2010 Chicago Blackhawks. So I I I think it's uh you know we did it uh, last week. I think we should start by just reiterating what we said at the beginning of the podcast last week when talking about this team, acknowledging uh, that you know. The timeline that we're about to go through involves uh, what happened to Kyle Beach in 2010. Uh, and we fully uh, acknowledge that, acknowledge the the uh, awfulness that it was and the, uh, the, the cover up by the Blackhawks that it uh, uh, turned out to be uh, equally or or worse uh, as as awful as that was uh, of what happened to Kyle Beach. So um, just wanted to, uh, to 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 also address that and. We, the, the the three of us fully uh, understand that, you know, it's uh, it's weird to go through these memories, but we want to have some some fun and, and, and go through the t- 2010 team 
and the postseason and today being the 12 year anniversary of Patrick Kane scoring the, the overtime winner against the Flyers. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good time to go through those memories, but yeah, just wanted to uh, make mention of that and um, go from there. Yep. So. Thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Perfectly yep. done. Um, so as we went through our last episode, we recapped the uh, regular season of the 2009 10 season and we learned that it, this was the first time the Blackhawks qualified for back-to-back Stanley Cup appearances since 1996 and 1997. And uh, they won the good old Central Division there. It was their first division title since 1993. So it had been a long time since they had uh, this kind of success. And they got the second overall seed in the Western Conference, only behind the San Jose Sharks, who won the President's Trophy for having the most points in the league. More on those guys later. No, they, they were made a- they were second in the league. The, the The Caps won the President's Trophy. Oh, right. you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, Shark, sorry, Sharks yeah. won the West. Yeah, Shark, Sharks won the had the most points in the Western Conference, and they. Were I don't know if brief- they raised the banner like the Predators did, but they won the West. <laughs> Well, the Sharks will make a brief cameo appearance in this story uh, <laughs> shortly. Brief. <laughs> yes, brief. very brief. Uh, but So they, the Blackhawks entered as the second seed in the Western Conference with 112 points, and they got to take on the Nashville Predators, who were the seventh seed with 100 points. That's pretty crazy yeah. that the seventh seed in the Western Conference had 100 points. Like, That's like the East, East this year. Yeah, so they weren't anything to really, uh, you know, take lightly, even though the Hawks had won four of the six regular season matches. But this is where the Predators really started to become a pain in the ass for the Blackhawks. Like, they they gave them more than they can handle in this series. In 2015, they, they faced each other again in the, in the playoffs, and they gave them more than they can handle. And, of course, 2017... You know, the uh, Hawks made a brief cameo appearance in the Nashville Predators postseason <laughs> run that year. So uh, this was the first meeting uh, in the postseason between these two teams. They would meet three times over the next seven years. Um, the Hawks did get dispatched them in six games, but didn't start off very well. That game one at the United Center, the Predators scored three third period goals to win four to one. And I remember being so irrationally pissed off after this game <laughs> like i literally was like oh this whole season was bull crap they're not gonna do that I'm t-. like i hadn't learned we hadn't learned those lessons yet to never count out this blackhawks team yeah like we i was just like oh my god what a bunch of choke artists i can't believe we're gonna we're gonna lose to this bum ass predators team and you know i learned my lessons the hard way but i just remember being <laughs> so angry that night yeah well, the expectations are huge and Going into that, you know, they had a great, the best regular season in franchise history, 52 wins, 112 points, all those great things. Central division title, of course. And everyone's like, here we go, right? Hosa comes in in November and the Hawks are just steamrolling everybody. But the Predators are a perennial pain in the ass. That's what they do. That's what they are. That's what they always are. And they, they, that team gets up for the Hawks more than anyone, especially during that time. Because I think to Nashville fans, the Hawks are their biggest rival, whereas Hawks fans are like, oh, okay, that's cute. You know, <laughs> I think the Nashville fans really think Aww. of Chicago as their Aww, main rival. Go smash rival. your car. That's so adorable. Yeah. Right, well, because <laughs> the Hawks fans come down to Nashville and they're loud and they're ever yeah. present. And I, I get that. I get that feeling and the playoff history, of course, but they're a perpetual pain in the ass. And this series just just went to was, you know, the first real example we had of that. Yeah. And the, the- Hawks bounced back well. They, uh, Antti Niemi made 23 saves for his first uh, career postseason shutout. A 2 nothing win. The series then went back to Nashville. 
but the Predators, again, just not going anywhere. They ended up winning game three by a four to one score. They scored three times in the final 40 minutes, including a penalty shot by uh, Washington Capitals legend Martin Erat. Um, <laughs> so here we are again. It's four, the two four one losses. And you're down 2-1, going game four into Nashville. But then again, Niemi steps up, and they win 3-0 to tie that game. So apparently the recipe of the success for this series was, don't let Nashville score, and we win games. Hmm. It's a bold strategy, yeah. Interesting. It, it, might, it just <laughs> might work. Allowing four goals a game is not a good idea. And then they allowed four goals in game five. But as we know... That was a pretty memorable freaking game. Maybe my favorite Blackhawk game I was ever at in person. Just absolute crazy. We talked a lot about this game in our Marion Hosa Love Fest episode uh, a few weeks back. If you want to check that out. Of course, we all remember this game. Down 4-3 late in the regulation. Marion Hosa sent off for a five-minute major for boarding. They pull the goalie. Patrick Kane scores a sh- what was a shorthanded goal technically in the books in the final <laughs> minute of regulation to send it to overtime. Place is going absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, I remember sitting there. This is when I still had season tickets. I remember sitting there like with that final TV timeout, and the Hawks are down a goal with a couple minutes left, and we were talking to all our buddies in our section, like saying, "Hey." This could be our last time here until next fall. So if we don't see you again, have a have a good summer, you know, because they they would they was the Hawks were so close to going down three two yep. with the series going back to Nashville. So it yeah. was kind of, uh, and then Kane gets that goal. The buzz in that building during overtime during that intermission was insane. But then after like a couple of minutes, you start to realize, crap, the Hawks still have four minutes of a power play to kill off to start overtime, and they do it. And Hosa comes right out of the box, goes right to the side of the net, scores the goal, goals from from the the goat to the hero in a blink of an eye. It's 5-4. The Hawks win just one of the iconic games in the history of the franchise. You know, this is one of those games that is right up there with – I mean, that's on a Mount Rushmore of playoff wins for this franchise. All you have to do is say Nashville game five and a Hawks fan will smile at you. They know exactly what you're talking about. Marion Hosa on his knees, (laughs) skating, celebrating. Brent Sopel knocking Martin Erat down two seconds after the goal (laughs) scored for no reason. You know, why not? Joel Ward Ward just standing there watching Patrick Kane score the game tying goal. You know, lots of good stuff in that in that memorable game. I mean, I don't to be honest with you, I don't even remember game six at all. No. I just remember <laughs> game five. Yeah, for real. You're right. And Christopher Sieg, uh, reflecting on that series, said right there, we knew this team might be a team of destiny. Like, they, that was the sort of thing. Because if you remember, game five sucked. It was like the biggest mm-hmm. slog, like slow, bo- pucks bouncing, passes missing. It was like your classic game against Nashville where, like, the Hawks could not generate anything with any sort of consistency. And then they're down, and it's like, oh, my God. It, the whole game felt like a slog until Kane ties it, and then you've got hope, and then, boom, Hosa out of the box right away scores. It was it, – it, it, I think it really flipped the playoffs on its head for the Hawks. Like, to them, like Versteeg said, that was the moment they knew, like, all right, like, we can do this. Like, we kill the five-minute penalty with one of our best penalty killers in the box for the entirety of that PK. Then he comes out and wins it. We got this dude, and we got Kane, and we got Taves, and we got and you go on and on. You start to look around the room like, holy shit, we are a cup 
contender. And and Versteeg himself yeah. says it like this is the way. You know, th- this is the kind of team that can win a cup, and and I think that game went a long way to those guys realizing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you 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 know you have <clears throat> have the regular season that they did, and you had to know, okay, this is a good team. Like this is a team that is it's talented. They got the right people there, but you know, in the postseason, they uh, they had to face some adversity, and and the Nashville series was was full of it. Um, but for yeah, that for that moment to happen where they could overcome not only you know a late third period you know down a goal, down a man, and and be able to to, to force overtime and then be able to you know kill off the rest of the penalty and then get the overtime winner, that was that was this the 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 start of of something really special and it's crazy to think like if Kane doesn't score that goal they don't get to overtime they don't have any kind of you know maybe maybe they're 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 you know their mentality is a bit defeated and going into game six on the road if they lose in that first round whole different 2010s yeah whole different 2010s absolutely you, you can you can make the argument that that the game five win is the most important playoff win in, in blackhawks franchise history it altered the course of mm-hmm. where that franchise was heading. Cause who knows what happens if they don't win that game, but that craziness that, and I said, I really don't remember game six. I don't know why, because the craziness of how that game ended carried over in the game six as the teams combined for seven first period goals in that game. It was absolutely <laughs> crazy. Uh, the Blackhawks had a three, one lead 12 minutes into the game. Thanks to goals from Duncan Keith, Patrick Kane and Patrick Sharp. Those guys were pretty good. But then uh, Jason Arnott, who I forgot was on this mm-hmm. team, wasn't that a guy that the Hawks were supposed to trade for every summer for like six years in a row? He's one of them. Uh, he Future. scored two goals uh, to tie the game with uh, less than a minute to go in the first period. But then our guy, Jonathan Taves, 34 seconds after the Predators tie it, gets the eventual game-winning goal on the power play with 31 seconds left in the first period, and then not a single goal was scored the rest of the night until John Madden uh, puts up an empty net goal with just eight seconds left in the game. And that's there the series. Go. The Hawks are, have moved on to the second round, and waiting for them in the second round are those Vancouver Canucks. Ooh. The rivalry was never <laughs> hotter than it was at this time. Ooh. It really picked up the previous season. Uh, a regular season s- series that that really got heated. Of course, towards the end of the 09 regular season, there was that infamous brawl game where Alex Burrows pulled Duncan Keith's hair. Oh, yeah. And uh, I have a trash can in here. No, yeah, of, co- of course, the Hawks and got their revenge and dispatched the Canucks in six games. And, and this was the fourth all-time playoff meeting between these two teams. Um, and they, they'd split their four game regular season series, but, uh, and again, this was another series that didn't start well, um, a five, one loss on home ice in game one to the Canucks second straight series. You kind of, you know, blow a giant fart in game one on home ice <laughs> and, and you spot, you spot the team, a one Oh series lead. Can I uh can I take a, a pause real quick? Is there a dog in the studio? Yeah, Lawrence, what is happening no. behind you? Yeah. Uh, that is Billy. Uh, I'm leaving. I'm coming to the studio. Pause yeah. the show. It's a, she's like a little twelve week old. I don't know, a little spaniel type. Oh my gosh! 
Uh, very just running cute. around. Very is that cute. Natalie's? Is that Natalie's puppy? Natalie's uh, new puppy. See, she's uh, not allowed to bring the puppy on well, days we are remote. She asked yesterday. She's like, "Can I bring the puppy oh, tomorrow?" Goes. Like, I'm like, "Yeah, that's fine." So, there's a puppy that's around fantastic. here. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 yes. just, I'll remove just, myself so I don't, uh, you know, cause any more. <laughs> I was. I saw something just out of the corner of my eye on your screen, like skitter yeah. across. I was like, oh, no. Like, I immediately thought, like, giant Chicago rat or something. <laughs> like, no, that's a no, cute it's dog. You leave okay, Dave Bowen out of this. Good. Uh, <laughs> anyways, unpause. Let's get back to yeah, the, yeah, sorry. the playoffs. All right. Well, <clears throat> lose 5-1 yeah, you know, to the Canucks. The, that game one, um, I remember I was uh, – my, my, my parents ended up getting tickets somehow, and um, – they were like, oh, I was I was finishing my uh, my 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 second year of college. And um, they were like, what's your what's your final schedule? And I was just like, oh, I I have uh, I had a final the next day. And they're like, oh, OK, well, I guess me and dad will go. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, thanks. Like, <laughs> have you <fun>. know, <laughs> if, if only it was a, if, if only it was a class that I could have blown off the final and still passed, I would have uh, I would have totally done that. But um in hindsight, you know, I, I did pass the class. I was I was a good enough student, and um, I missed out on a five-one ass whooping, which I, I, in hindsight, I'm glad I did. Yeah, it's good not to be there. Yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah. It's... I, mi- I missed that game to go to a Grateful Dead concert at the Allstate Arena, and I made the right choice that night. There's mm-hmm. just there's so many moments like this in um in the playoff runs, and and we call it barf cry die time, where you just <laughs> you're for two months. The better part of two months, you're miserable. Mm-hmm. You are sure you're enjoying it, right? Like the winds are great and the great moments are super fun. But my God, it is a constant stress for three hours a night, every other night for almost half the summer. And it is it is really, really stressful. And the losses feel monumental and the winds feel tiny. And it's like every bad moment is amplified and every big moment is re- is reduced. And it's just until they win. I say this about the uh, the Cubs winning the World Series. To me, when that game was over, I was more relieved than happy. Right. You know? And that's, that's a yeah. feeling I had a lot. And I'm so glad now we're taking the time to look back on this knowing what happened. <laughs> you know? Right, and being yeah. able to reflect with happy memories on this because I'm honestly like, during it, it was tough. It is stressful to yeah. go through a playoff series like this. If you're not, oh gosh, dog on the screen, <laughs> real quick. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh my goodness. Oh, this will make you feel better about a puppy loss. energy. Look at that. No. Oh, that. Billy, 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 Lawrence is killing me today. First, he gets a donut on the screen before we go on the air. Now, a puppy. Like, oh, come on, man. Dude. None of the stuff happens when we're there. It's weird. Yeah, I know, right? It's as if the Hawks aren't important. I know. (laughs) It's like we're low on the list or something. Mm, Starting to feel like the uh, stepchild of the CHGO organization. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, hopefully I won't be the case very long. Speaking of stepchildren, the Vancouver Canucks. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Well, the Hawks rebounded again nicely, but it was another tight game in game two. It was Christopher Stieg, my guy, good old number 32, uh, he scored his first goal of the playoffs with a one a minute 30 left in regulation to break a 2-2 tie. They get an empty net goal to win that game 4-2 to even the series go back to Vancouver. And then Vancouver, uh, the Hawks just go into the old General Motors place and just smacked the Canucks around in their own building. 
Game three was the Dustin Bufflin show. This is the arrival. Uh, the the yes, coming this out is party. When Dustin yep. Bufflin said, I am here. I'm going to announce my presence with authority. Take a look at this. Are you not entertained? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me while I whip this out. He, he literally did that. The one leg yeah. up at the, what do you think of this yep. right here? Yeah. Take a look, Vancouver. Exactly. He scores a hat trick in game three. The legend of Big Buff, his trade value shoots through the roof. Uh, five to, to game three victory, but not to be outdone in game four. Jonathan Tave scores a hat trick of his own in a 7-4 victory with all three goals coming on the power play. The Blackhawks scoring power play goals. This was a real thing. What a time to be alive. I know. Bizarro world. Is that allowed? I, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. This was 2010. The rules might have changed. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. Right, right, right. So they leave Vancouver with a 3-1 series lead. This is when you're like, you know what? This is going to happen this year, isn't it? Like we, we, are, we have gone to Vancouver and just laughed in the face of the entire province of British Columbia. And like we own this team right now. And then they came to back to the United Center and beat us four to one in game five. Um, <laughs> Something yeah. about four one losses with this team. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Bieksa scored twice. Ugh. Mm. Um, I mean, he's, a, he's a snazzy dresser on TV. That's all I can say about him. Um, but then we go back to game the to Vancouver and the Hawks win the series a five one beating. All three game, all three wins in Vancouver by a combined seventeen to seven score on the road in Vancouver. That'll get it done. Pretty impressive. I think they and did that the... on purpose. I think they lost Game Five. They're like, you know what? Let's go to Vancouver and beat them at home, <laughs> just to make. Yeah, it they say that they say they don't like they say they don't like Chelsea Dagger. So let's just go score all the goals in their building. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, this was the second year in a row the Blackhawks have advanced to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, of course, in the previous year, they lost to the Detroit Red Wings. But and it was this back-to-back year... back years in the sec- getting through Vancouver in the second round, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. My memory yep. serves right? Okay. Yep. And I want to say, Chris Versteeg, uh, reflecting on that series against Vancouver, he says, quote, Big Boy hates Vancouver more than anyone <laughs> about Buffalo, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. That's great. Hey, Vancouver, beautiful city. I was there one time. It was it was, it was great. But yes, um, the Canucks, it's 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 a team you even though the rivalries died down in, in recent years, it's still a team you, you you like to beat because they still got the same colors, still look mm-hmm. the same. You you still you still serve the memories well. I used to love the Canucks because I love Pavel Bure. Yeah. Like they were yeah. one of my first favorite other teams because like as I was learning the league, they had some really exciting, awesome players. Um, but then when this thing started, I'm like, well, so much for that. Yeah. And <clears> I, I don't do even love hate... their uniforms, but nope. I don't even hate them anymore though. I don't. Yeah, I, there's they're no just, one just there kind of there. Yeah. No, I mean, Elias Pettersson's a great player. Uh, you know, I like Bo Horvat. He's he's a good dude. You know, mm-hmm. they got some nice play. I mean, if you if you watch Quinn Hughes play hockey and say, nope, I don't like that guy. You hate fun. <laughs> so, like, I don't hate the Canucks. I hated the Canucks with a passion for, like, four years. And now I'm just kind of like, eh, they were there. Yeah. It happened. Yeah. I'm going to add that, that one of my uh, good buddies um, during that whole, s- s- like, what three or four seasons where the Hawks were going to Vancouver every year. He's a, a, a camera guy for, or he used to be a camera guy for the NBC Chicago, whatever you want to call it back then. And he ended up meeting his future wife at a bar after one of the games. Oh, so, wow. I mean, I, I love her. She's awesome. I'm not going to, you know, it's a pretty I cool definitely, story. I definitely <laughs> hated him back then, but now, like you said, Canucks, whatever. Yeah. 
Uh, it's funny. Uh, we have an Avalanche fan here in the chat. Jason says, as an Avs fan, I can relate to your two months of misery and irrational anger when you think they've blown it. Obviously, we haven't won the cup yet. You will. But game five versus St. <laughs> Louis when you collapse and been waiting 20 years just to make the Western Conference final. That's it. It is cry barf die. Feel free to adopt that yeah. uh, for the Stanley Cup finals, Jason, because uh, you're going to need it. Get a bucket. Get a nice big bucket. Get some liners and you'll be good to go, my friend. <laughs> I just, and go to the DNVR bar if you want to. Yeah, if you're if you're an Avs fan in Colorado, go hit up that bar for sure. Yeah, it looks like an yep. awesome time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, this guy says I look like some dude from the Big Bang Theory. Wallowitz. I haven't heard that one. Shazam. I don't know. Shazam. You know what? I, I would I would rather be compared to him than Aaron Rodgers. I right. gotta be honest. <laughs> I don't think I would. So. Thanks, Michael. I don't really know what to say. I, Wait, I, said, I said Shazam. Well, it's not Shazam. It's what is it they say? Bazinga. Bazinga. Oh, he's he's um the ugly he's one. The, the guy with uh, the the swoopy the, hair. Yeah, the space guy with the with the very attractive blonde wife. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Howard is his first name. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. I'd rather be compared to Howard from the Big Bang Theory. For than Big Aaron Bang Rogers. Theory fans, there you go. All right. All right. This has been talking Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yes. This concludes our weekly segment of <laughs> what celebrity does our producer look like? <laughs> it fluctuates week to week. It does. So Western <laughs> Conference final. That was fun. Uh, it, uh, the, the Sharks first Lincoln, playoff meeting. Yeah. First playoff meeting between the Sharks and the Hawks, the top two seeds in the Western Conference, which was kind of weird. You had the number one and number two seeds in the West. In the East, it was the seven and eight seed in the Flyers and Canadians going at it. So it was kind of a a flip flop. Um, but the Hawks, you know, they even despite the Sharks finishing the season with more points than the Hawks, the Hawks won three out of the four games in the regular season. And I never really felt threatened by the Sharks. Like I was more worried about losing to the Canucks and the Predators than the Sharks. And they, the Blackhawks proved my um, not being worried to be correct because they are non worries. They swept the San Jose Sharks starting with two victories, two more road wins, a 2 1 win in San Jose with Anti Niemi stealing that game. Niemi 44 awesome. saves. The Hawks were completely outplayed in that game. Niami stood on his head. I remember that was an afternoon game, I want to say, because I remember being uh, in a local watering hole watching that going, what is going on here? Like they're playing like ass and somehow they won that game because Antiniemi, that was probably his best game of the entire postseason. I agree with that. And that's one of those games too, where if you're the Sharks and the Hawks have had your number all year, including Hosa's debut where they beat him 7-2 in San Jose, you throw the Hawks your best shot and it's not enough. That is de- that that is deflating, man. That that's tough because they look at the, they look at themselves after they came and say, "What do we got to do?" Forty four shots on goal against Niemi, and he stops all but one. Mm-hmm. What, what the hell? And and that's frustrating. In game two, I had forgotten about this. This is the Joe Thornton Dave Bowen game where Thornton ah. is slashing Dave Bowen's wrist at the faceoff dot. Then there's a moment where he hooks Bowen down and Bowen holds the stick. So he picks Bowen up again and hooks him down again. Joe Thornton just using his power to like skewer Dave Bowen around the ice. <laughs> but it works. That, it works. That's, hey, that is that is Bowen to a T, just pissing off the opposition. Yep. Yep, pissing off the opposition by not allowing himself to be pissed off. Like, I'm trying to piss you off. Why are you not getting mad? (laughs) And then he doesn't get mad, and then the other guy gets completely 
completely upset and off his game. That was that was his mat. That was Boland's master. He was a he was a Picasso uh, of that type of play. That's the Sedins. And Thor is the. He's the I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you guy in the backseat of the <laughs> exactly. car on family right. vacation. Like, right. And Thornton is not so a guy good. who is known for getting thrown off his game. Like that's not his, that's not in his style. You know, it's one thing right. if it's, you know, Kevin BX or whoever who plays that way. Joe Thornton would never had that reputation. And Boland was yeah. under his skin in game two. Guys, two. two guys that uh that seem to just piss off Joe Thornton was Dave Bolin and Jonathan Taves. Jonathan Taves always made Joe Thornton extra punchy too. So, you know, <laughs> maybe just not being able to beat them has that. Uh, that usually that will piss someone off if you can't. Yes. Beat them. <laughs> yes. Uh, so a four, two win in game two. So the Hawks again, winning on the road, they come back home with a two Oh series lead. Everything's feeling good. Uh, game three, uh, Patrick Marlowe scored uh, twice and his second goal came in the third period to send it in the overtime. And then it's our guy, Mr. Bufflin. He's still rolling. He scores in overtime to give the Hawks a three Oh seriously in a three, two win. And you're starting to be like, okay, this is over. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I can need we a- just shake hands now. <laughs> I need a minute on game three because game three uh, was <clears throat> May 21st, 2010. And that morning, my wife went into labor and we started dating into, you know, like 10 years before. I don't know how long it was before this, but whatever it was, a significant amount of time. It was like, oh, three. We started dating. So and that's how we started was going to Hawks games. Like my friend set us up and said, hey, you both like the Hawks. You guys should go to games together. Like, okay, cool. And then started dating (laughs) and then we got married and then we had a baby. Labor started May 21st. So we're watching game three on a little hospital TV. Which is like, you know, 12 inches, standard def, just brutal. Not like it is now. No. And it, yeah. And, and so, you know, labor's going slow. It's frustrating. My wife's like, oh my God, we've been here all day. Like, this is never going to happen. Bufflin wins in overtime. And all of a sudden, boom, labor kicks in. <laughs> right? Like, and that's like, is that immediately, like, things started going. And then Addie was born at 3 a.m. Um, on the Oof. 22nd. Late so baby. yeah, she was a late night baby. And then we watched the, we'll get to game four here in a second, but we watched that game four on that small hospital TV, laying in bed together, holding our baby. Uh, so that shark series will always be special to me. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was very cool. It was, it was a cool time to be uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was a, the Hawks are going to the, to the Stanley cup final and I'm a new father. Top that yeah. please. I don't know if you can. Yeah. That's 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 pretty intense. Yeah, speaking great. of speaking of someone who just went through that seven months ago, um, I could not imagine uh, going through that life experience and also having <laughs> the Blackhawks in the Western Conference Final. You know, we've talked about the, uh, you know, just how, you know, anxiety inducing the the Stanley Cup playoffs can be. I can't imagine both that and parenthood on the horizon. Uh, coming at the same time. You know what's funny is it it almost immediately, and I I talk about this a lot. Like before I had a kid, I used to fantasize about the Hawks winning the cup and like what would it be like, how would I react, and I imagined myself as just just ball of tears, right? Like I can't imagine anything better. And then as soon as she was born, it was like sports are now less meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like that, it was like that moment. Like the second I held her, I'm like, oh, this really doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of things. And I know it's like kind of, you know, goes against what we're doing today, but really it was like, Oh, okay. This is what it's all about. It's not all about what's happening on this tiny little screen in front of me. 
It's right. about this little thing right here. And that was, you know, that was cool. If she was around here, I'd pull her in here, but she's, I don't know where she went. So I'm going to, ma- I'm going to guess she's on a screen somewhere. That's, nah, probably, that's my that guess. Could be. Hopefully watching this show. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, one thing I forgot to mention about that game two victory in San Jose, it was uh, their Blackhawks seventh straight win on the road in the, in this postseason, which tied an NHL record for the most consecutive road wins in a single playoff. Uh, and then we get the game four, which the Blackhawks fell behind 2-0 midway through the second period after Patrick Marlowe, who'd been kind of a pain in the butt, scored a shorthanded goal. But it was Brent Seabrook and Dave Boland scoring before the end of the second period to tie it. And then Dustin Bufflin with a power play goal with less than six minutes to go, proved to be the game winner. Christopher Stieg ended, uh, put the icing on the cake with an empty net goal in the final minute, Jonathan Taves had an assist on uh, the Dustin Bufflin game-winning goal, and that set a uh, franchise playoff record for a point in the 12th straight playoff game uh, that broke Stan Makita's record. So anytime you're breaking a Stan Makita record, you've accomplished something. That, good. Would, that, that streak came to an end in game one of the cup final. Of course, game four is remembered mostly uh, for Duncan Keith, losing half his teeth and then coming out and finishing the game and just, you know, just he, exemplified what that team was all about. He lost more teeth than he missed minutes of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's crazy. Just another example of hockey players. They, they, they tow the fine line of bravery and stupidity on a daily basis. Yes, I'll, I'll just, like, I'll just, I don't know if that was brave him. or dumb, but it's, yes, it's, it was. It, it's a mixture of both. Yeah. I was but always, it, it was his legend being on the bench, chewing on the, chewing on the gauze and just being like in between shifts, just blood coming out of his mouth. Yep. Just ridiculous. And, and, then of course, and it's part of his legacy. Of course, a few weeks later, he takes <laughs> the famous picture of him in the cup smiling with no teeth you know it's 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 one of the it's part of the legend it's gonna be something blackhawk fans always remember duncan keith for you know he'll be able to reference it at his hall of fame speech Mm -hmm. um so hawks are in the stanley cup final for the first time since 1992 and uh we only got a few minutes left so we got to breeze through this one before we get to the flyers before we get before we get to that i want to make sure today it's thursday it is time for the points bet play of the week and I'm going to take a stab at it this week because I've uh, been a bit of a cold streak and it's a lot of pressure. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it doesn't all fall on Greg, of course. And we, we make I've it been, fall I've been him. I've been garbage the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I take the, I take the L. Keep that up and you're going to replace Sean someday. Um, I've got That's two that I like for tonight's uh, Tampa and Rangers game. Andre Palat as a as the first goal scorer is plus 1800. I like that a lot. And the other one is plus 390 Brandon Hagel anytime goal scorer. I'm looking for big odds with likely goal scorers, and those are the two I like. So, again, Andre Pilat as the first goal scorer at plus 1,800 for Tampa and then plus 390 that Brandon Hagel scores at any point during the game, putting the Hawks' local angle on it. So make sure you download that PointsBet app. Use that code CHGO when you do, and, uh, you know, go live your bet life with PointsBet. All right, let's get to the final. All right, so the Hawks are in the final for the first time since 1992. Marion Hosa became the first player in NHL history to make the Stanley Cup final in three consecutive seasons, playing for three consecutive teams. Uh, and and the funny, the thing that, that blew my mind, as great as Marion Hosa is, and we love him, Marion Hosa finished the playoffs 
one, two, three, four, five, seventh in scoring on that team. There were six players that put up more points than Marion Hosa on that team, including uh, Dave Bolin and Dustin Bufflin, which is just shows you how deep that team was. Yeah. Um, Hawks win the first two games of the cup final at home, a six, five crazy game, that game one. That game was ridiculous. Was, game one yeah. was insane. And I had forgotten uh, how crazy game one was like it, it back was, and forth. One, one nothing nuts. flyers, one, one Hawks, two, one Hawks, two, two, three, two flyers, sharp ties it at three versus Stieg ties it at four. And then Troy Brower, uh, with the fifth goal, <laughs> puts the Hawks up five four. It's like what the hell? Yeah. And then we keep going. It's five five with a minute left in the second. And then Thomas Kopetsky is the game winner again. Another guy that just again this team you never knew who the hero was going to be. And yeah. this is how you win in the playoffs. Look at the guys scoring in this game all around. Troy Bra- Troy, Bra- bleh, Troy Brower had two goals in this game. He had two goals the entire playoff run coming up to that point. He had a shorty by Dave Bolin, uh, and as we mentioned, the the Thomas Kopech. Kopechki goal but look even look at the flyers they're getting goals goals by a guy blair betts who the hell is blair betts <laughs> uh, he sounds like he sounds like an app you have to download to, aaron to, asham. to take the aaron asham who's that guy you know so again you're not remember the legend of Leno that that came up in that postseason and then where did he go was it buffalo uh, that gave him all buffalo, that money uh, buffalo, buffalo. Yeah. Of money and yeah that that's how that worked daniel briere i forget how good he was he was really good daniel briere was a really he good was, player i Awesome in this series, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. And then game two slowed down a bit. Two to one, thanks to two goals in 28 seconds in, late in the second period by Marion Hosa and Ben Eager. Ben Eager. Uh, Simone, Simone Gagne had a power play goal to make it 2-1 early in the second period. And it was kind of tight butthole time after that. But <laughs> Hawks have a 2-0 series lead with the game-winning goals being scored by Thomas Kopechki and Ben Eager. Ben Eager has a game-winning goal in Stanley Cup final history. That's insane when you think about it. You think about uh, all the stars this team had, and those two guys have the game-winning goals in the first two games of the Cup final. Another Greg, great I, I got your workaholics team. reference, by the way. I just want to make sure you know that I got that. I was there with you. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm glad somebody got it. That's one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Quinville called game two a goalie win. Um, Niemi was terrific in that For one, sure. too, stopping For 32 sure. of 33. Um, it's funny, like Niemi is sort of lost to history. I know it was only one year with him, right? He was another one of those cap casualties from whoever the didn't send the facts, whatever. Um, but he, there were a couple games that he absolutely stole. There were a few where he was flat out bad. It was just, that's, that's the playoffs, man. And, and night after night, but he was good enough to get them where they got. So better than Michael Layton. I'll, yes. I'll go out on a limb and say that. <laughs> that's all, yeah. And that's all he had to be. Yep. <laughs> well, and if if you'll remember, I think uh, Leighton was the backup going into the postseason for the Flyers, wasn't he? Wasn't Brian Boucher the yeah. starter? Yeah. 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 So it's you never Black know Hawk how legend. you never know how the uh, how, how the playoffs are gonna are gonna both pan of those out. guys, Blackhawk legends, Boucher yeah. and Leighton. Yeah, yeah Leighton uh, and Craig Anderson were the uh, were the first edition of uh, of uh, Lincoln and Andelia. Yeah, <laughs> except except they went on to have some NHL success. Yeah, um, <laughs> and didn't uh, not to derail everything. Didn't Michael Layton? Uh, I forget what record he set with the Ice Hogs. Was it was it AHL career wins or something like I that? I think it might be. Yeah, because he came back for a second stint with the Hogs there. Yeah, and, and yeah, he played a lot of games down in the AHL. Uh, good guy. Um, 
but he was the enemy for six games. <laughs> um, quickly, the Hawks go back to to Philly, and the, that that road uh, winning streak comes to an end in Game Three, a three-two overtime loss. Claude Giroux of now currently the Florida Panthers scores in <laughs> overtime, but there's Billy Lano. There's Daniel Briere scoring again for the, for the flyers, Keith Sopel and Kane get the goals for the Hawks. Go watch the highlights of this game. The one, nothing goal that Dan, Danny Briere scores the pass from Scott Hartnell. He's like falling away from the net and he backhands the pass right to the tape across the slot to Breer, who scores. It was one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. And again, <laughs> lost to history because they lost that. Well, they won that game, but they lost the series. Uh, right. But that was just a beautiful play by Scott Hartnell. And he's another one of those guys who is really good for a long time, but just like not Hall of Fame worthy. Oh, man, Hartnell. He was that a hair. That's the kind of dude you need on a playoff team. He And he, yeah. was, a, he was a badass for the Flyers that year. Definitely. But yeah, I, I, I did not like him, but what's, that's, there was a reason. Yeah, go him. Great. What's the name of the character from Frosty the Snowman, the the claymation one, the uh, prospector? Heat miser. Oh, um, yeah, uh, totally. You can't. You can't. That's Scott Cornelius. Yeah. Yes, that's Scott <laughs> Hartnell. Cornelius. Yeah, you Cornelius. That is Scott Hartnell. Whenever he was in the playoffs, like that yes. thick red beard. And that's Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, by the way. Yeah. By the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. There. Right, you're other, right. Come on, other Mario. Christmas, right. Other old Christmas animated. You got your movie. Christmas. You got your Christmas songs. What's wrong confused. with you. Easy mistake to make in early June. This yeah. is right. the game where the series really started getting physical and the yeah. hatred really started piling up. You could tell these two teams were starting to really dislike each other. I'm trying to remember which game it was. I know it was – I'm almost th- – no, it was in Philly where Carcillo tried to hit somebody and then Kopechki got out of the way. <laughs> there he is. And then yeah. Carcillo collided then- with a teammate and Kopechki was like, you dumbass. <laughs> <Is> it- <laughs> Like, was it Car- Carcillo and I think Asham, the two the two guys that were there to do the same thing, I think did the same thing and, and smacked like, into each other. <laughs> nope, sorry, I'm just going to step yeah. over here now. Yeah, this Blackhawk th- Stanley Cup champion, Daniel Carcillo. Yes, he is. Ugh. The stately um, wave. There's Scott Hartnell there on our screen. <laughs> yes. Uh, game four didn't go well. Flyers win 5-3 to, to even the series. They got three goals in the first period. They're up 4-1 at one point before the Hawks got two late goals from Dave Bolin, our guy, and Brian Campbell, uh, who missed the first few games of the postseason due to an injury. That was his first goal of the playoffs, but then an empty netter by Jeff Carter. I forget Jeff Carter was on that team. Uh, iced that and game. So the series has to go back to Richards. the oh, Hawks. The Kings. I'm stupid. Never yeah. No, no Rich- he was Richards, on, Richards, yeah, was Richards on that and team Carter. Too. They both, were both on. Yeah, they both right. went to the Kings. That's yeah, right. Yeah. After, after Philly. So Mike Richards was the captain back. of this team, wasn't he? Mm, he maybe, yes. Philly? I think so. Yeah. Game four, yeah. Uh, Taves said that the Flyers were a totally different team all of a sudden. That's an observation they had. And then Adam Burrish, uh, reflecting on it, said, even after that loss, the Hawks were never panicked. It was a feeling of they're better than this, that the Hawks just didn't play well enough. Uh, and, and they knew they could be better. So um, yeah. there's a lot of like a lot of context to these series that I've just sort of forgotten about. Mm-hmm. I'm really yeah. glad I watched that uh, that recap DVD last week because it just yeah it freshened everything up. Well, and that speaks to you know back earlier in 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 the playoff run where they had to prove to themselves like hey we can do this like by the those experiences as they pile up through through a postseason when you get to a cup final and you get to that that point where you have to again overcome adversity like when you've done it before it makes it so much easier to just be like we got this yep. and, and and that was that was a team that needed to get that in their head 
And uh, yeah, that by that point they knew what they could do. Yep. Yeah. And game five proved that they weren't worried because they, they came out and just smoked the flyers in game five. It was a seven, four final score, but it was never really that close. No. They were up three, nothing after the first period Seabrook on the power play Bolin and Versteeg. Uh, Hartnell, our buddy, Yukon Cornelius scored early in the second period, but it was quickly answered by Kane future Blackhawk legend, Kimo Timonen scored, but then Bufflin, another power play goal. So it's, it's, uh, five to two heading in the third period. And then they get, uh, sharp and Bufflin again in the third period. You know, it was just a seven, four win. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, this is yeah. great. Uh, one win away from doing it. You know, you fe- you're feeling good, but you're going back to Philly. You haven't won in Philly yet, despite all the road success they've had in the playoffs at that point. So it was kind of like, oh, what are we going to do? And, and, and I'll never forget, my cousin was getting married, which would have been the night of game seven, which would have been – it was the day of the parade, actually. And she had sent me a text message saying, hey, if the Hawks don't win tonight, am I going to see you on Friday at the wedding? I was like, nope. I will be sending my <laughs> card with my parents. I'm a season ticket holder. I love you, but I am going to game seven of the Stanley cup final. But thankfully we never had to have that uh, awkward Thanksgiving dinner that year because I was able to go to both the parade and her wedding on the same day. Nice. Perfect. Uh, that's quite, yes. that's quite the day. No worries. Right, I'm yeah, jumping in here. I'm jumping in for game six. Cause I, I want to be a part of this, this talking. So go real ahead, quick Jay. though, for game five, that was the first time of the playoffs that Quenville broke up Taves and Kane. He put them on different lines, and that was oh, wow, uh, yeah. up to that. That was their best game of the final up to that point. Um, and ahead of Game Six, Jonathan Taves called it the longest day of his life, waiting for that game to begin. And Patrick Kane said, "All you're thinking about is having the cup in your hands." Sounds like he was speaking Ooh. to all of us. I believe day. it. Yeah. It was a long day waiting for that game. Um, I went to the Edison Park Inn in Edison Park, obviously, to watch that game. We were there at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon to make sure we had a, <laughs> a nice table. So by the time yeah. the puck dropped, I was just a ball of nerves and already in the bag. I was so. also <laughs> I had, I was, I had the flu, and I almost didn't work because I had like the exhaustion oh. from working nights and mornings because I was doing a double with the score all the time and dealing with a newborn. And I called Mitch Rose, and I'm like, I don't – like I almost passed out in the shower. Like, I don't know if I can make it. He's like, you have to come in. You have to come in. I can't, you gotta be on the air. I'm like, okay, you're right. You're right. So I, oh, I rallied man. and just like, I felt like ass for this entire game, You know what? which might've been a good thing. Cause I got to the, sleep the, for most of the day before I went to work. The, the two, the two heroes of the 2010 Stanley <laughs> cup run, Duncan <laughs> Keith and Jay Zawaski playing hurt yes. when it counted the most at a boy. Like there's right. Keith. There's oh, Do you have me yeah. pass out my shower? I don't have a shower. Do you have a picture of you under a blanket with an ice pack on Make your sure. head and a thermometer yeah. sticking out of your mouth? Make sure you get a really yeah. tiny blur graphic. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. Uh, yeah. Game six, shall we? That's the perfect segue. There we go. Game six. Um, Guess who starts the scoring? It's Dustin Bufflin on the power play late in the first period. But in the final minute of that period, it's the guy that we just can't stand. That little pain in the ass. Scott Hartnell scores a power play goal with Danny Breer getting an assist. Uh, and it's tied going into the second period. And it's Danny Breer, his 12th goal of that postseason, man. He was so Great. important in that for he that was- run. 
again. He put the, he put the Hawks <laughs> up or he put the Flyers up two to one. And now you're starting to feel nervous. But less than two minutes later, it's former Flyer Patrick Sharp getting his revenge, tying the game, and then Andrew Ladd scores just a huge Laddie. goal late in that second period, just his third of the playoffs, which. You know, again, just shows you that team. Like he, Andrew Ladd's a great player, but like he was doing the little things you needed. He he didn't have to be the goal scorer, um, and he puts the Hawks up late, and they go into the third period up two to one. In that or, second, yeah. in that second period, Pierre Maguire, everybody's favorite, pointed out. He said the Flyers are out of gas and they cannot contain Chicago. And the game did sort of have that feel up to that point where it was just a matter of time until the Hawks broke through. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of like for the third kind of took the, their feet off the gas a little bit. And they were yeah. trying, which is understandable. Yeah. They're up 3-2 yeah. with, you know. They, uh, they were playing the old prevent defense. Yeah. And yeah. what does the prevent defense the usually do? Prevents you from winning. There my you go. Uh, yeah, they definitely were playing not to make a mistake. And eventually it's Scott Hartnell, that guy again. He ties the game with less than three minutes to go. And you were just like, son of a bitch. And if, <laughs> if, if I remember correctly, that goal was kind of – kind of yeah pinball-y right like that like he it was it yes. was thrown at the net it hit hostess bounces knee, off and yeah then stick yep it was yep. it was a greasy goal yeah. my friend it was Hartnell, assisted by Vili Leno and Daniel Briere. I mean those were those those were the three best players in the Philly lineup game that. for Briere. Yeah, I mean, I remember those guys in the series, and yet I forget Mike Richards and Jeff Carter were a thing on that team. So that just yeah. goes to show you that type of series. You need a line like that to get to this point. So over time we go. And of course, 12 years ago today, 406 in the overtime, Patrick Kane from like the most impossible angle flings a backhand shot to the net and then starts like he skates behind the net. Players are trying to check him. He's like, get off me. I just won the goddamn Stanley Cup and he gloves are off. People are trying. I had no idea what was going on. The only person in the building that knew he had scored was Patrick Kane. Like even the flyer, everybody's standing around. I remember this was it sucked in a way because it's an overtime Stanley cup clinching goal that you had no idea he had scored. It wasn't the like quick reaction Mm -hmm. where everybody can be like going crazy. It was kind of like, yeah, like two people started cheering, then four people, then everybody's on the ice and you're like, I guess it's a goal. Then they review it. And it's like Nick Boynton had like a momentary, like, yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was like yeah, the you... most anticlimactic championship goal I had ever seen. Because everybody where I was in the bar was just kind of like, "What? What? What? Yay! Yay! Yeah! Yay! Yay! All right!" Yeah. Like it was crazy. You go, you go back and 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 watch the highlight, which you can find on our uh, chgo underscore Blackhawks Twitter account, as well as the chgo Sports Twitter account. We put those out this uh this this morning. Um, you go back and you watch the highlight and, and Kane scores. And the only other player that is like with him is Patrick Sharp because he had the exact same angle of, you know, seeing the play happen from behind him. And those two are, those two are celebrating. Everyone's just kind of following them. And the, uh, you know, I, I, I watched back the, uh, the 2010 DVD as well recently. And um, they have a great shot in there of just all the players, like going down the ice to meet the, to meet Kane. And as he jumps on uh, Niemi and they're all just kind of like, yeah, yeah like looking back looking back at the net like uh is it a goal (laughs) especially Taves was like arms around people like looking like suspect over his shoulder like yeah they're all just like looking i don't want to jinx it you know 
Yeah. And wasn't it? I I I I believe the story is like I think it's Duncan. Is it was either Duncan Keith or Brent Seabrook like didn't go to the pile until they knew it was a goal, and then was the second celebration they they went into it something there's like a, there, that. There, there's a, someone did that. There, there's a shot in the highlight where they show the coaching staff and they got their arms around each other. Yeah. But they're kind of like, hold on, hold on. We can't, mm-hmm. we, we got to be the responsible ones here. And then they <laughs> announce the goal and they start going crazy. Yeah. I remember we talked to Brent Sopel uh, a couple of years ago about the 10 year anniversary. And, and he, he talked about how he was kind of at the edge of that pile behind the, the net, but looking back at the Flyers goal to see what was going on before, before really knew what was yes. happening. Well, it's funny, like yeah. watching the highlight now, it's like, well, where else would it have been? <laughs> right. You know, it's yeah. like it was anywhere else. I, like the only thought was, is it, is it under Layton's pad, it's not over the pads, line? Yeah. But I mean, where else would the puck have gone? If it's not, mm-hmm. if it's not in the net, then it's somewhere else on the ice. And clearly everyone knows where that is, but it's just, again, I remember. So me and Matt Abadicola had to go on the air as soon as the game ended, like the second it ends, we're supposed to be on. And we're like, do we go? Are we supposed to go what now? We like do, we had yeah. kind of the same reaction of like, yeah, what do we? <laughs> like we were, didn't know if we should celebrate or go like rush to the. So we just like ran to the studio, and then in there like the TVs haven't been because we're on like whatever CBS Sports Radio until the game ends. So no one has switched the channel. So we got to switch the TV on, see what happens, and I'm like, all right, we're on the air like right away. It was just chaos. The wow. whole thing was chaos, and I think that's the use the word that Doc Emmerich used. Um, chaos. It was yeah, chaos that's and it's, it's born. It's the perfect word for it. And how mm-hmm. funny uh, we had an avalanche fan in the chat with us just now. It's same deal for them the other day, you know, in oh, overtime, yeah. like, was that a high stick or not? Yeah. <laughs> Can we to review a series clenching goal? But at least they knew that that puck was in the net. It just mattered. Right. If it was yeah, count it or not. Count. Nobody even knew what yeah. the hell had happened at that point. Nobody yeah. saw the puck. It somehow got ledged, uh, lodged in between the bottom of the net and the ice. So you mm-hmm. literally couldn't see it. Well, and it's, and it's funny too. You, you, you watch back the highlight. And if you, if you listen real carefully, like right as the, right as after he, after Kane shoots the puck, you hear a little thud and, and that was when like the like the goal camera behind the behind the goalie that's when they had that like um i think it was like a like a box covering the microphone and every now and then you would you would see a goal score and you'd hear this thud instead of like a ping or whatever and it was the puck hitting that box and i it's just so funny to, to think back cuz you hear it and it's just like oh it sounds like a goalie pad and yeah, then you think right. then you Same think sound. back you're like oh it's it's hitting that 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 box yeah, it's just it's it's just wild. I remember watching watching the game with my uh, with my family at my parents' house, and uh, my dad was doing the Patrick Kane. He was jumping around. He was like, "They scored! Yeah, that that puck's in. That puck's in." And I'm like, I'm like staring at the TV. I'm like, I don't see the puck. Where is it? And then they show the replay, and I join them doing laps around the house. It's yeah, it's one of my favorite well, memories. So I I was at West End, which of course you know R.I.P. West End down the street here on Madison, um, and. I think I'm with Greg on that where like it was kind of an anticlimactic thing, but then you just kind of started celebrating and it was just like at that point you've had a few uh, beverages (laughs) and it was just chaos. But like for me, I mean, my, my whole day was just wild getting in there. Cause the, you know, Weston was like the, yeah, the Blackhawks place to be be at that time. So I showed up around, 315 after work and it opened at four and the line was already like around the corner down down that block there and thankfully it was kind of our bar we would go to most 
most like Fridays, whatever. So we knew Bald Mike, who is my guy. <laughs> he was like the GM there. And I just happened to see him as he was walking in at like 10 to 4. And he's like walking into like some alley back door thing. And I'm like, yo, Bald Mike, what's up? And he grabs me and pulls me with him into the basement of West End. And so I'm there with like three other people. And we're just kind of in the basement waiting till bar open. And once four o'clock hits, they let us go upstairs. And all, all the, the few of us that were in there, we each got our tables Got an awesome wow. table. I had like eight of us that showed up. Hi, Billy. And like, so, I mean, that night was just wild, but it ended up after the, uh, after the game, my now wife, f- former girlfriend at the time, that was the picture. Hey. That was actually, it was actually posted on uh, Channel 5's website. Nice. Oh. And I was like, whoa, how did that, like, nice photo. And so I was able to get that photo and now it's just something that I always have. Look at that beard. That's good pretty times. good. Good times. Good stuff. I, like I remember the, respect on a... the old the old Hawks logo with the gold outline. Um, uh, yeah, that is that's Savard, right? Savard. Yep. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the CCM that has the fight strap and everything. Yep, that's it's authentic. Way too large for me, but it's uh, it was a good time. You never know when they're going to call you Perfect. out of the crowd to play. You got to be ready to go. Yep. Exactly. No. Happened. I remember as soon as the 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 the, the kind of settled down. The first thing I did after wiping tears away from my eyes was I quickly ran outside to call my dad. Cause I knew my dad had literally like my dad's the biggest reason that I, I got in the hockey, but I knew I had like a two minute window because I knew he would watch the game. That goal was scored. He would click off the TV and go right to bed. So I was like, I've got to call my dad before he goes to sleep or else he's not going to answer the phone. And I'm like, in a typical conversation with my dad, Hey, Hey, the Hawks won the cup. Yeah, I saw. This is amazing. He's like, yeah, it was pretty cool. I got to go to bed. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> like, that was, but I was like, I had, that was the one person you I got, had to share You got the call in. Yep. I'm glad I did that because that was the only one of the three cups uh, my dad was around for. Um, so, you know, it was a special moment that I, that oh, I don't like. Here's I don't your photo. There. This is, there, there's there, there's me. Same jersey I'm wearing today. Nice. There you right go. There. Nice. Uh, somebody snapped me in my reaction to them winning the cup there. Uh, that jersey fits a lot better today than it did back then. That's for sure. Yes. That's good. That's good awesome. Stuff. That's good awesome. Stuff. Yeah, it was. It's funny. I, I was. I was sick, and I was doing the post game show. Hope was sicker than I was. She was at my in laws because she she couldn't even handle Addie. Like she was too sick to handle the baby. So she Oof. she's like, "Is it over? Okay, I'm going to bed." And it's like, <laughs> we, we both, we both joked, like we'd give anything for the Hawks to win a cup and we sacrificed our health in our, in our level of celebration that night to do it. But it yeah, was totally you, worth it, you, you and Duncan Keith are the heroes of that cup run. I well, mean, Hey, more hope than me. So much. Hope was like, hope was really, really like, we were like hospital. Eh, you're probably Oof. okay. Kind of sick. So, um, yeah, it was, but being on the air when that ended, being able to talk to players on the ice, uh, as we're celebrating, anyway, it's like three minutes. Like ah, ah, you know, it's, it's incoherent. It's, but like, talk to Dave Bowen and talk to Taze and talk to John McDonough and talk to you know everybody who was anybody who jumped on the air for. I think Mayor Daly jumped on for a minute. It's it, the whole thing was a blur. And the thing I remember most about that show was finally like choking up and losing my emotions, thinking about all the dudes I used to hang out with at Hawks games. Like I used to be part of blackhawkzone.com. I don't know if you guys remember that website. It was like a very early Blackhawks forum. And everybody from that page sat in section 329 season ticket holder or not. We would all head there and hang out and still 
lifelong friends with a lot of those people. And those were the people like I was thinking about in that time was like, well, I wonder what, you know, I wonder how Hunt is celebrating and Heather is celebrating and Frank is celebrating right now. And I wish I could be there with them to do it because we never thought this would happen, yeah. you know, and to have it finally happen, all of us apart, you know, was, uh, it was just, it's just cool. And I, I'm, I'm so glad I'm, I never thought I'd see one. The fact that I saw three, um, I can die happy now, but I, I still want a couple more if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong being greedy. Yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah. a couple more. Why not? I'll, I'll take a couple and more. And I can't but wait what? to do it with you fellas on this show someday. Yes. Mm-hmm. In yeah, yeah, 2026, are we saying? Five? That what are we good. saying? Yeah. Okay. Sure. One of the coolest things I want to bring up is uh, it's something that I didn't find until maybe like two years ago. Um, over on YouTube, if you go to the NHL Hockey Hall of Fame's official uh, thing, I'm not going to show the actual video, but so cool they have the 15, 14 room. minutes of dressing room footage it's crazy all the things wow. that are in here let me I'll, I'll just kind of scroll through here and just see i mean there's just like you know there's there's the the, the cigars and then there's mm-hmm. like is this where q did the weird like the shimmy with the cup over his head <laughs> uh was that this year yeah uh, it might it have been that year. like it, it's the same a great, it, but that's not saying there's much. a great kapetsky moment in here yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's crazy. Oh, is this is this is this here. the video where they show where you catch the unfortunate uh, words on the on the blackboard next to uh, Chris Pronger? Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe no. But that yeah. was I think that might have been like a pregame video or uh, something. Okay. But yeah. But it's yeah. just why like this is the capacity. It's you got to watch if you're a Hawks fan. You got to go sit and watch for it's 14 minutes and 30 seconds. Hockey Hall of Fame. Blackhawks celebrate 2010 Stanley Cup championship. It's crazy that there's all this yeah. access that they just still have this out there on the YouTubes and like, I don't Back know when you were allowed in locker rooms after games, yeah, it, yeah, it, right. it was just crazy wild, time. wildest stuff. Like there's a good kiss between Sharpie and I think lad it's great stuff. Great 2014. Stuff. This video was put up there. So. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. That's, That's very awesome. cool. Well, that was a lot yeah. of fun. I mean, look, <laughs> the happy memories are going to be few and far between in the next few years, yeah. but, uh, that Gotta take it, them where you can, if it leads to what we just were able to celebrate, um, it's all worth it. You're worth it. And totally uh, worth hopefully it. Hawks fans stick through this rebuild. It's going to be long. It's going to have painful moments, but uh, also mm-hmm. a lot of moments of hope and optimism. And, uh, you know, it, rebuilds can be fun to see these players start from scratch and become superstars is really, really rewarding. And whether or not it happens on the level it did during the 2010s remains to be seen. But uh, you don't have to be great to win a Stanley Cup. This dynasty was great. But you look at the Rangers and you look at some of the teams that have that have chances. It's not always a dynasty, but you, you can get good. You can get lucky. You could ride a hot goalie and, and magical things can happen. And and uh, can't wait to, to celebrate those things down the road with with everyone uh, who's listening, everybody who's joining us on the chat and especially with Greg, Mario and uh, Lawrence, of course. So hop on and the ride. Billy the dog. Yes. 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 Billy is going to be a full-grown dog when we win the cup. Again. We need Billy to eat uh, eat some dog food out of the Stanley Cup someday when they Ooh. bring it to the CHGO offices. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Good call. I have to I clean agree. that one up. How good is that going to look on the table in front of us for a show? Huh? Yeah. Hey, you know what? Okay. Why not? Yeah, we'll take it. Why not? All right. I want to remind everybody. Hey, 
You know what? If you enjoyed the show, become a member at allchgo.com. Go to allchgo.com. You're going to get access to all of our great written web content, access to our members-only Discord. You'll get a free CHGO shirt from the CHGO locker for signing up. It's a great value. Mario's rocking the Bulls one. I have that one as well. I just ordered the fire one yesterday because it is fire. fire, as the kids say. It looks absolutely awesome. So that's on the way. I'll be wearing that in studio next week. Uh, so yeah, jump on allchgo.com. Your membership helps us out, keeps us, uh, you know, sustained and doing well. And that's very important. So sign up and we will talk to you on Friday. Reminder, our coaches list is growing, uh, but tomorrow we're going to talk to the athletics, Tariq Al-Bashir about Todd Reardon, uh, about his time in DC, how he was as a head coach. So we're going to start breaking down these, uh, these coaching candidates. And I know we're going to start something called future Hawks Friday, Probably a little bit on the uh, unofficial level tomorrow, but Mario, when's your piece coming out on the uh, on your second round draft targets? Is that out today? Is it out later? Tomorrow today? comes out tomorrow. Oh, that'll be that'll be tomorrow. We can talk a little bit about that. I mean, we're we're getting to draft time, so it's uh, yep, it's time to start looking at uh, some 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 draft prospects uh, that the Blackhawks might be able to target, and um, some prospects in the system that they uh, they might lean on in the next few years. So. Yeah. No better time to become a member at allchgo.com. So for Greg and Mario and for Lawrence, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to today's CHGO Blackhawks podcast.